Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to come together, Father, and worship you and learn about your word. Father, we just give you praise and honor and glory for this word that it will not return void, that it will do what it was sent to do. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. <clears throat> so um, this guy dies, and he gets to the gate, uh, and say, it's talking to St. Peter. And St. Peter says, well, you know, not everybody knows this, but your transportation in heaven is dependent on how, um, oh man, I lost my word. Faithful you were in your marriage. So your transportation in heaven is dependent on how faithful you were in your marriage. And the guy said, oh, okay, cool. And he hands him the keys to a brand new Volvo. And he's like, oh, okay, I mean, that's not the best, but it's not too bad. So like day two, he's driving around in heaven and he runs across one of his friends and his friend's driving a Ferrari. He was like, man, you must have did really good. You got the keys to the Ferrari. You must be really excited. He was like, man. He said, what do you mean? Man? You're driving a Ferrari. He said, yeah, but I passed my wife yesterday and she was on a skateboard. <clears throat> now, I thought that was funny, Neil. Come on. <clears throat> All right. So um, what we're going to talk about today is, is righteousness and, and, and what it means to be righteous and how valuable it is to be righteous and where righteous comes from. Right, because to, to, to be able to be confident in our salvation or to be confident to go to God in prayer, we had to be righteous, right? <clears throat> Think about it if you, um, if you went into the bank knowing you didn't have any money, knowing you didn't have any credit, and knowing you didn't have a job or income. How confident are you that they're going to lend you money? Right? I mean, that's not really the, you don't walk into that place being very confident. However, if you're <clears throat> successful and you have great um, credit and you have money in the bank and you have a great job, you walk into the bank very confident that they're going to give you money, right? <clears throat> Whether it's a big amount or a little amount, it doesn't really matter. You're confident that you know that what you've done before now has earned you the opportunity to confidently walk in and say, hey, I need to borrow a thousand bucks or two thousand or ten thousand or twenty thousand or whatever, or a half a million and buy a new one bedroom apartment because that's the market we're in right now. <clears throat> I mean, it just is. So if you have used your time on earth and had a good job and, and paid your bills on time and saved money and invested or whatever, and you have all of this great wealth, you should be very confident that people would loan you money, right? However, if you don't have, you know, you didn't do as good or you had a tough break or you had a, an illness or a disease or something that happened and, and stopped you from being as financially successful, you're probably less confident, right? You're probably thinking, uh, they're probably not going to lend me money. You, you, you're thinking you're not going to the, to the bank as much as you might go to the title loans guy or, or to the payday loans guy or something else, right, where they charge you more interest and less money. <clears throat> and the problem is, is Christians treat righteousness like credit. When they look to go to God, they, I mean, because when you go to the bank, you, I mean, it, it, most people look back on their history and go, I have done enough to earn the opportunity to go. Because you don't want to be rejected, right? You don't want to go sit down in the bank and say, I want this money and then tell you no. I mean, that's one of the worst feelings in the world. So you want to be confident that when you walk in that you've done enough for them to loan you the money. 
right? But most Christians, when they go to go to God, they look back on their past performance and, and the devil will help them and they think about the sin that we did here and then and I did that and I shouldn't have said that about that person and then I, I overreacted in this situation and then I wasn't exactly loyal in that situation and, and then I didn't go to church as much as I was supposed to and then I didn't pray last week as many times as I was supposed to. So I, I, I really can't go to God because I don't want to be rejected. See, it's the same thing, right? You Christians use their credit on their works. Right? They, they try to build up, well, I was nice to them, and I, I did this, and I did that. <clears throat> In fact, Granddaddy had a guy, a gal, a lady, um, an older lady, actually, that he went and prayed for. And when he prayed for her, she, after he finished praying, she started praying and said, God, you know I've always went to church, and I've always taught Sunday school, and if you don't heal me, you're going to look bad. Right? She tried to base God's healing or God's blessings on her works. Right? Kind of like we base credit on our past performance. But if you try to, if as a Christian, you try to base God's promises on your past performance, you end up at a title loans guy. You don't have the confidence to go to God in prayer and say, boss, I need this and this and this and this. Because you're worried about getting rejected, right? So the, 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 if you will sub out the word credit at the bank... To righteousness, righteousness, when you talk about going to God, because you have people who think that they are righteous because of their works and they are falsely secure in their abilities that they've somehow earned God's favor because they have been righteous. And the truth couldn't be any further from the truth that is actually you can't earn God's righteousness. Actually, God's righteousness is a gift of grace. And when you fully understand that when Jesus died on the cross and gave us salvation, that we became the righteousness in God through Christ Jesus in a gift. And when you get a hold of that understanding, right? So, so back to the credit for just a second, because I think everybody relates to that. If you had all the money in the bank and, and you had great credit and you never missed a bill, but you were afraid of banks, I don't know. You're afraid of lenders and you were so worried and you wouldn't dare step foot in there to borrow money. Does that make any sense? That you have all of the credentials, you have the work history, you have the finances, you have the, the good payment history, you have the credit, but you won't ask for it. You, you, you're too afraid to be, to come up short. You, you're, you're so afraid that you sit down at the table and go, hey, I really need this. And the banker go, no, nah, I don't think so. You don't quite get enough. You're not quite good enough to get what you're asking for. Right? So, so when you go back to God, well, we, we self-check our righteousness. And, and we, most of the time, we get the, the no answer before we ask. Because we reason it out in our head that we haven't been good enough. We haven't been a good enough Christian. We haven't done enough. <coughs> we haven't prayed enough. We hadn't went to church enough. We wouldn't. Now, I used to help at church, and now I don't anymore. I used to go there, and now I don't anymore. So God doesn't like me anymore. Right? <clears throat> and somehow we reason out God's favor or God's justice or God's grace based on human performance. <clears throat> and that's bad. Because the truth is, is the righteousness of God is a gift. All right, so let's go <clears throat> to Scripture. All right, so wait a minute. So, so let's talk about righteous for just real quick. 
that what is righteous? What, what does it mean to be righteous? And the definition of righteous is to be, to have a sense of being morally right or justifiable, right? Right? So if you, if you talk about the, I mean, what's the ops guys, the, 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 the spies, it was a righteous kill. I did what I was supposed to do. I followed all the rules. It's that I am living to the best of my ability is what, it's what the definition of righteousness is. I am justifiable. Right? I, I, I have done everything I'm supposed to do. Uh, so if you will, Romans <clears throat> chapter 3, uh, verse 21. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. The righteousness is given through faith in Christ Jesus to all who believe. That there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Right? Black or white, green or yellow, old or young, girl or boy. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fallen short to the glory of God. So when, <clears throat> if you're trying to measure out righteousness like credit, nobody would deserve the loan. Nobody would have lived accordingly to have the opportunity to have credit. Right? If you base righteousness and credit the same, nobody is righteous based on their own personal attributes. And see, that's the problem, right? I know I'm going to heaven because I was a good person, because I did good things, because I was nice to people. All of that is a lie from the pits of hell. The only way that we go to heaven is through salvation in Christ Jesus. The only way that we're righteous. <clears throat> right? Salvation and righteousness go together. So does, so does healing, by the way. All of them were bought and paid for on the cross on Calvary. All three. I became the righteousness of Christ. I was healed by his stripes and I was saved by him being pierced. All three at the same time. So if we're not, if we do not understand that we are the righteousness of Christ, we walk around all the time looking at all the great things that God has for us, yet we won't ask for them because we don't think we have the credit to get them. We don't think we've earned them enough. God, I can't ask you to bless me because I'm not good enough. I can't ask you for that because, you know, last week I said something bad or I said a bad word or I did something I wasn't supposed to do. And I'm going to tell you, <clears throat> If God only saved people based on their performance, it would be no different than being under the law of the Jews. No different. Everybody falls short. Everybody. He said it in plain English. Neither Jew or Gentile, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of the blood, to be received by faith, <clears throat> he did demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. And he did not demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that to be just and to the one who justifies those who have faith in Christ Jesus. So our righteousness doesn't come from our performance. Our righteousness comes in our acceptance of Jesus as our personal Savior. And when we do accept Jesus as our personal Savior, we become the righteousness of Christ. And you go, so okay, I get it. We're the righteousness of Christ. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you believe that and you walk according to your calling and you believe that I am the righteousness of Christ Jesus, whether I'm right or wrong or whether I do good or do bad or whether I live up to the expectations or not, that nothing in this world separates me from being the righteousness of God. That is something that sets you free. You quit with that, well, I'm not quite good enough. There is no not quite good enough with Jesus. Because if you tell me I'm not quite, I'm saved, but I'm not quite good enough to be the righteousness of Christ. What you're telling me is, is is Jesus failed? Because it had nothing to do with you to start off with. All you did in in the equation is accept Jesus as your personal Savior. And that's it. So your part is yes or no, did you accept Jesus as your personal Savior? Yes, I did. Okay, then you are the righteousness of Christ. You are healed and you are saved. And if for some reason you go, well, I don't know if I'm quite good enough, you're not discrediting your ability. What you're in fact discrediting is the atonement of Christ. <clears throat> and to me is an insult. I mean, truthfully, if you look at the equation that Jesus took my sins to the cross and he became cursed where I would become the righteousness of God and he was beaten by his stripes, I was healed. And then you look at that and say, well, I'm not enough. No kidding, you're not enough. But your part of the equation ain't very big. You have to be a person, right? You have to be uh, Jew or Gentile. You have to be alive. And you have to accept Jesus as your personal Savior. But the mindset of being righteous changes your outlook on life. The same way with the mindset of financial stability changes your outlook on life. Because of, you know, look, I... If something happened to my truck today and it was destroyed, I would go tomorrow and buy a new truck and call the bank and go, I need money. I got to have a new truck. I wouldn't blink. It wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate in the least little bit. I mean, I would be disappointed because I really like this truck, but I wouldn't be concerned in a minute that somehow they're not going to loan me money for a new truck. I don't, I don't even, it doesn't even register. Yet I know people who are in a situation who can't buy something new because of the financial, right? Because they didn't make good financial decisions. Now, I'm not saying I made really good financial decisions. Crystal sells drugs that helps a bunch. I mean, you know, there's things that happen. Um, But what happens is, is the mentality, my mentality, knowing that I can go to the bank and go buy a new truck, and somebody else's mentality, knowing they can't go buy a new truck, it changes how you look at life. It changes how I go about things. I think that truck is a tool. It's nothing more, nothing less. It's a tool. It's something I use every day to go up and down the road to do my business. I haul stuff with it. I do whatever. It is a tool. But the way I look at it is it is absolutely an asset and a tool. I'm not scared of losing it because I know that it can be replaced. Well, my outlook in in righteousness is, is I'm not scared of what the enemy brings against me because I already know that I'm the righteousness in Christ. And I don't care who likes me or who don't like me and who's talking about me and who's not talking about me. And what people say, that makes no difference. The only difference is, is that I know that Jesus died on the cross and that he died for my sins and he made me the righteousness of Christ and, and, I know that in the book of James, it says, oh, let's go. Book of James, chapter 5. <clears throat> I'm actually going to start a little bit in front of what I, wanted, what I was getting ready to quote, but I, it, it's important. 
So, so, so James is, and I done told y'all, James is, James will beat around the bush. Chapter 5, verse 13. Is there anyone in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing a song of praise. Is anyone among you sick? I mean, he's asking a question, right? Somebody sick? Cool. Let them call the elders of the church and pray over them and anoint their head with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And the Lord raised them up. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. That the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So who's a righteous person? Everybody who is saved and born again becomes the righteousness of Christ. So then who is the righteous person? Everyone who has been born again and saved, right? Jesus said, you'll do all these things and even more because I'm going to the Father, right? So when we become the righteousness of Christ, we start to understand that we present the power of God in our prayers. That's when we start talking about saying to the mountain to go throw yourself into the sea and it will do it. And do not doubt in your heart. When we get to the mindset of that we are the righteousness of Christ, and it's not because of something that we did other than accept salvation, accept the gift, but when you can get it, right? Because if you have money in the bank... If you earned it, great. If somebody gave it to you, great. You still have confidence in what you have, right? Whether it was a gift or not. I mean, if somebody gave you a million dollars, you would, oh, I got a million dollars. Well, did you earn it? No, but that don't matter. It's still my million dollars. Well, if I'm the righteousness of Christ and I walk in the righteousness of Christ, I should be confident in the righteousness. I should be confident in knowing that God's words, what God's word says about me, that I boldly go to the throne of grace. It doesn't say humbly. It doesn't say slowly. It doesn't say meagerly. It says boldly. Y'all know what boldly is? I mean, it kind of, <clears throat> I'm here. I mean, boldly is a little more involved. Boldly kind of announces my presence and authority kind of stuff, right? Boldly is something that I know that I know that I know that who I am. Do you know who I am? And a lot of times when people say, do you know who I am? It's based on some kind of worldly title or, or worldly position or some, you know, whatever. Some part of, of a worldly tradition. But truthfully, do you know who I am? I'm an heir of Christ. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in the flesh right here. This is what it looks like. That I have been healed, I have been set free, and I have been saved. I have been given the righteousness of God to walk in. Do you know who I am? I am a child of the Most High God. I am made in the image of the creator of the universe. Now, you, you, you go, yeah, 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 I, got, I know all those Sunday school lessons, I get it. No, no, do you really? Do you really understand who you are? Do you really understand who God has made you to be? Because when you do, when you become the righteousness of Christ, when you start to understand what the value of that is and who you are and where you belong and what exactly goes with that, you should act different. You should have a different mindset. You should have a different mentality. 
Old Joe Lostein will say, we're not the victim, we're the victor. We should quit having a victim mentality. That we are, oh God, if you're willing, if you possibly could hear me, I sure would wish you would answer my prayer. That's not how we pray. Do you have a child that comes to you and goes, oh Father, if you could please humbly think about your humble worm servant that you possibly could give me a few crumbs of bread. Is that how your kids ask you for food? They go, no, I'm hungry. I want something to eat. And it's your job to feed me. My kids are dying laughing. Sorry. But you don't go, you don't go to your parents and say, hey, you know, if you possibly could think about maybe blessing me with a, a pair of shoes on my feet or, or possibly with a, you know, a warm bath, that would, that would be amazing. I mean, and, and it's funny when you talk about it like that, but my father is God. Should I go talk to him like that? Is that how you pray? Oh, God, if it's your mercy and will, if you possibly could think about maybe just possibly helping us through to the next time. That's not the righteous mentality. That's not how it works. That's not who we're supposed to be. Did, did Jesus do that? Did you see him pray? Oh, God, if it's your will, could you please heal these people where I don't look silly? Not a single time. Not a single time. And you go, well, wait a minute now. He, he was the son of God. Oh, really? I'm an heir. I'm a joint heir. I'm the other son. I'm the, like the little brother. I'm like the, you know, the other one. We the same. And I'm not saying that in a, in, 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 in Paul says, right? You, I'm not bragging on the flesh. I'm bragging on how great God is. What God's, what God's given us. The righteousness of God is a gift. Salvation is a gift. The healing is a gift. All of those things are a gift. It's nothing that I did to earn it. Nothing. <coughs> I have earned the pits of hell. And that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Absolute bottom of the pits of hell. I saw a funny joke this week, and the guy said his worst fear in life was to die and go to hell immediately and for it to take him a week to realize he wasn't still at work. <clears throat> I deserve the pits of hell. So everything that I have that's not involved in the pits of hell and being cursed come from God. And if God gave it to me and he wants me to have it, then why don't I walk in it? Why don't I act like I have it? Why don't I set myself apart? Why don't I act like the righteousness of God? Why don't I go boldly to the throne of Christ? Oh, Father, if you possibly could, a morsel of food for your humble child. I mean, really? Is that how you ask for food at your house? <clears throat> now, if my kids are trying to do something they ain't supposed to do now, they'll go, oh, you know, you're the best dad ever. I mean, I'm not talking about buttering me up now. I'm talking about, is that how you ask for stuff? Because if it's not, if that's not how you ask your parents for food when you were growing up, then how do you talk to God like that? And you go, well, it's different. And my parents are, no, no, it's, you're right. It's different. I'm the righteousness in Christ. I have blood-bought rights that cannot be tread on. They were given to me by the creator of the universe. That were bought by my brother who went to hell, who threw back death and hell and was resurrected and still sits on the throne. 
he belongs to me and I belong to him. So if that's the case, how about act like it? And I'm preaching to me this morning. But how about act like it? How about let's act like we are who we are. That we've been set apart. That we are the children of God and heirs of Christ and joint heirs. How about act like it? Because we don't. We act like God is in the bank and we don't have enough credit. And we walk by and go, oh, that blessing must be awesome. I sure wish I had some. And we, and, and we go, oh, poor pitiful me. One day I'll get to be in heaven and then I won't hurt no more. Why? God said you were healed by the stripes of Jesus. Here now. And, and the people say, well, that, that the healing is not for today. Well, when is it for? It ain't for heaven. There's no sickness and disease in heaven. There's no tears in heaven. Why, why are we saving healing for heaven? Why are we saving, saving blessings for heaven? Are some of y'all looking for a skateboard? I mean, is that, what you're worried about? is that what you're worried about? Did you go get up to heaven and then have a skateboard? We are in the righteousness of God right now. And look, there ain't no next week or the next week or the next week. <clears throat> There's no more time to kick the ball down the, kick the can down the road. There's no more putting it off till tomorrow. Well, you know, I'm going to start living like that one day. No, the day is the day. There's no tomorrow. We're not worried about next week. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has its own worries. We have to put our foot down and say, today is the day. I am going to live according to my purpose and my calling in Christ. I am going to walk and talk and act and look like the righteousness of God. Am I going to make mistakes? Absolutely. Am I going to fall down? You better believe it. Probably today. Probably before I eat lunch. There's a chance. I mean, I'm just saying. Does that affect who I am? No. Does that affect what I think? No, it does not. It does not stop me from being the righteousness of God. It does not. The only thing that stops me from being who I'm supposed to be and acting the way I'm supposed to act and living according to my calling and purpose is me. And that's it. And the answer is you, if it's you, but I don't want to point fingers at y'all. I always point fingers at me. The only thing that stops you from being who you're supposed to be in Christ Jesus is you. There's no other culprit. If you want to figure out what that person looks like, go home, stand in front of a mirror, and ask them why. Why don't I walk according to the calling that is on my life? Why do I not act like I'm the righteousness of Christ? Why do I allow the enemy to attack me? Go ahead, ask them. And then listen to the answer. And almost every time the answer is an excuse. Oh, well, it's hard. Okay. Anybody beat you lately, thrown you in jail, stoned you with stones, beat you with a flog? No, no. Put you on a cross? No, I don't think so. So why? Why don't we act like the righteousness of Christ? What stops us from being who we're supposed to be? What stops us from being who we're supposed to be? <clears throat> there is no power on this planet 
Not the principalities and powers and the rulers of the dark. None of that. We, I know we war not against flesh, but we war against principalities and powers. There is no power on the planet that can stop you from being who you're supposed to be in Christ except for you. Because even in the worst of times, if you think about the worst possible situation you could be in, think of Paul chained to the wall by himself, tortured and beaten in prison, and him writing two-thirds of the New Testament. <clears throat> so in the worst possible situation, and I know y'all get over it, but I can't get over the smell. I mean, I just can't even imagine what it smells like being chained in a prison at, you know, 75 A.D., Somewhere in there, you know, no indoor facilities, chained to the wall. You, 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 you just there. You're there all the time. You eat and whatever. Everything is right there in the same spot. In the worst possible situation that I can come up with, he said that I'm an heir with Christ and a joint heir. That I am the righteousness of God. So unless y'all are secretly somehow chained to the cell every day during the week, except for, the, you know, hour and a half we're here and you get all cleaned up here, there is no excuse of why we are not acting like who we're supposed to be. There's nothing that can stop you from being, do you, what can stop you from being the righteousness of God? What can stop you from being saved? Nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. Jesus has already defeated all of those enemies, right? He went into hell and threw back death and hell. Nothing stops you. The same Holy Spirit that went into, death, went into hell and raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of me. Now, do I actually use that ability? Eh. Do I actually believe that? I mean, I'm asking, do we, do we, do we, do we believe that? Do we walk around knowing that, that the same Holy Spirit that went into hell that saved Jesus. And, and, and look here. He didn't fight like one or two little demons. He didn't fight like a little bit of hell. He fought all of it. All of it. And the Bible says he made a spectacle of them. <laughs> you know, it's one thing to beat somebody at something. It's a whole other thing to make them a spectacle. To, to like make fun of them and rub their nose in it while it's happening. That's what making a spectacle means, right? You know, not only did I beat you, now I'm going to embarrass you in front of your friends. He did that. The Holy Spirit did that. And he lives in the inside of me. And he made me the righteousness of God. So why, why would I walk around and not be that? This week's challenge. Go home. Stand in front of the mirror. Have a heartfelt discussion with the human that lives behind your eyes. And find out why. You don't have to tell me. I think you owe it to yourself. I, I really do. I think you owe it to yourself. Why do I not do this? Why am I not who I'm supposed to be? If you come up with a re now, if you come up with a really good answer, I would like to know next week. I mean, you can tell me in private. You send me a message, text me, email me, DM me, whatever it is. I would really like to know because I can't come up with a single a single valid point of why I don't do what I'm supposed to do and walk how I'm supposed to walk and know who I am in Christ and live according to that. I can't come up with a good reason. So if you can, send me a message. Tell me about it. Let's pray. 
Father, we just thank you and praise you for this word, Father. We know it will not return void, Father, but it will accomplish what it was set to do. Father, we just thank you for this wonderful gift of righteousness, Father, and, and of healing uh, and of salvation. And we just give you the praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.